presented by the American Beverage Association. Hey, good morning, playbookers from Ragumon of Olin. It's Friday. Today's show, the story of President Joe Biden's sophomore slump. It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. This was one of those weeks that demonstrated the limits of the powers of the presidency. Political scientists often like the rip pundits and the public for having a so-called Green Lantern view of the presidency, the belief that the president can achieve any political or policy objective if only he tries hard enough or uses the right tactics. In reality, presidents operate under enormous constraints that often make them seem feckless in the face of numerous problems. The news at the end of this week makes it clear that Biden has entered the long slog period of his first term. The bold ambitions of year one have been downsized, and even with more modest goals, unifying Democrats in Congress has become tougher and winning over Republicans harder than ever. Many problems, like inflation, don't have readily available solutions. And even when Biden is able to act, like on immigration, his choices are politically perilous. Biden's sophomore slump truly set in this week to recap on COVID relief. The Senate neared a deal late last night on badly needed funds to continue to address the pandemic. Biden wanted $22 billion, and he wanted the money included in the recently enacted government funding bill. Congress declined both requests. The current deal calls for just $10 billion and has taken weeks of haggling. Politico Sarah Ferris, Burgess Everett, and Jennifer Schultes have the recap. Quote, the sum, the result of days of negotiations between senior senators of both parties, would leave out a major ask from the White House. It does not include $5 billion in global vaccine efforts, drawing sharp complaints from many Democrats about the nation's preparedness to fight the pandemic abroad. Lawmakers are now talking about a figure close to $1 billion in vaccine aid. Some House Democrats are unhappy and could scuffle the deal. On gas prices, Biden spent part of Thursday announcing a new plan to release 1 million barrels of oil per day from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve for the next six months. It was difficult to find any analyst who believed the move would have a meaningful effect on prices, including Joe Biden. From the Associated Press, quote, The president said it was not known how much gasoline prices would decline as a result of his move, but he suggested it could be anything from 10 cents to 35 cents a gallon. Politico's Ben Lefebvre notes that this is the third release from the reserves in the past five months and would amount to about 5% of daily demand on immigration. In one area where Biden does have power to act, his decision is dividing Democrats and creating a political opportunity for the GOP. From the Washington Post, quote, The Biden administration's plan to end a pandemic order, barring many migrants from entering the United States, could trigger a rush of crossings at the border with Mexico, threatening to exacerbate a political liability for Democrats ahead of November's midterm elections. Quote, Top Democrats on Thursday lashed out at the administration and each other over the fate of an emergency order that the Biden and Trump administrations have used to expel undocumented immigrants during the pandemic with some arguing for a quicker policy change and others warning not to move ahead. Republicans pounced on President Biden, accusing him of inviting chaos and danger. Here's how Senator Joe Manchin reacted to the news. Quote, Oh my goodness, just watch the news y'all put out every day. What's coming across? Here's how Senator Bob Menendez reacted to Manchin's reaction. Quote, Let's not adopt that they are not sending their best hate speech from the right, Joe. On Biden's domestic agenda. There was action in the House yesterday. Democrats, joined by 12 Republicans, passed a bill to limit the cost of insulin to $35 a month. But the smallness of that bipartisan victory served to underscore just how neutered Biden's agenda now is. From the New York Times, quote, The insulin bill represents a substantial scaling back of Democratic ambitions to tackle high drug prices for all Americans. 
a broader prescription drug package, written as part of the $2.2 trillion social spending and climate bill that is stalled in the Senate, would limit price increases on all prescription drugs, improve the generosity of Medicare's drug coverage, and allow the government to negotiate directly on the price of some drugs used by Medicare patients, while also limiting insulin co-payments. Other parts of the broader bill would expand health insurance coverage, extending insulin coverage to diabetes patients who are uninsured. The bill that passed the House on Thursday would not improve the affordability of insulin for people who lack health insurance. The small ball insulin bill so far doesn't have the support of 10 Republicans that it would need to pass the Senate. On the David Weil fiasco, on Wednesday night, Biden lost a vote to confirm Weil his nominee to run the Labor Department's Wage and Hour Division when three Senate Democrats joined all 50 Republicans in opposition. This kind of thing just doesn't happen, noted our colleagues at Congress Minutes. Quote, failed nomination votes on the floor are practically unheard of. Nominations without sufficient support are usually pulled beforehand to save the president and his party the embarrassment. A failure like this suggests a massive blind spot in the Congressional Affairs Office of the White House and or a sense among some Senate Democrats that there is little to fear and perhaps much to be gained from opposing Biden. On SCOTUS, Biden is on track to have Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson confirmed. She'll likely serve on the court for decades and the final Senate vote will be a footnote. But she'll receive the backing of no more than three GOP senators and maybe only just one. Senator Susan Collins is on board, Mitt Romney, who voted against her previously, and Lisa Murkowski, who voted for her, are still mulling it over. After voting for her once before, Senator Lindsey Graham is now a no. A partisan vote to confirm a Supreme Court justice is hardly shocking, but it's another reminder that the president is not the Green Lantern. Biden can't simply conjure this kind of bipartisanship that he promised as a candidate. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 10.45 a.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden will deliver remarks about the March jobs report. At 11.15, Biden will receive the president's daily brief. At 3.25, Biden will depart the White House for Newcastle, Delaware, arriving at 4.20 p.m. Here's what's on the vice president's calendar. At 10.30 a.m., Vice President Kamala Harris will leave D.C. for Greenville, Mississippi. There, she'll deliver remarks about economic development and community lender investments. At 6.20, Harris will depart Greenville to return to D.C. Comms Director Kate Bedingfield will brief at 2.30. The House will meet at 9 a.m. to take up the major bill to decriminalize marijuana, with first and last votes predicted between 10.45 and 12.15. The Senate is in today. All right, one last thing before we get out of here. On this week's episode of Playbook Deep Dive, Playbook's Ryan Lizza sits down with Doug Sosnick, the former Bill Clinton advisor, who Playbook listeners might know from his semi-regular political memos. The power in, in this century is going to be where these people are moving. And these are all suburban areas. Communities are that are coming out of nowhere. Listen and subscribe to Playbook Deep Dive wherever you get your podcasts. All right, for more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Playbook's editor is Mike Zappler. A little bit of news on that front. He's been named managing editor for politics in Washington at Politico. Our deputy editor is Zach Stanton. Playbook's executive producer and head of audio is Jenny Ament. I'm Rogu Monovalin. Have a good weekend. We'll see you first thing Monday morning. America's beverage companies are working together to reduce plastic waste in our environment. They're carefully designing their bottles to be 100% recyclable, so every bottle can become a new one. Please help America's beverage companies get every bottle back. Learn more at everybottleback.org.